a 19th time, we want to make sure that uh, your ears and your thoughts have been invaded by all things football, both local and abroad. Welcome to yet another episode of Pitch Invasion. My name is Luazi Sikubu. Coming in two-footed as usual, Skola Makwaza. And all the way from the top of the table. <laughs> which table? Yeah, exactly. Which table? Uh, which you, know, table? you know what table it is? Anfield. Semeka <laughs> Enyadiki. <laughs> And uh, before we do continue, I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome our very special guest. And uh, I think it, it's only fair that he introduces himself. Oh. Yeah, well, uh, uh, this is Piano Kamabasa from the Sowetan, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he joins us because there's a lot to talk about, especially uh, with uh, South African football. Uh, and uh, that's where we start with uh, some local flavor. And uh, I guess, Tiani, we have to start with the, the story of the week, really, and what happened over in Port Elizabeth. Baroka Football Club are champions of the Telkom knockout. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I was, um, I was, I was part of, uh, of the match, you know, uh, being, at, being at the stadium. You know, so for me, uh, I was warning people, you know, especially on social media, yeah. uh, right through the week, you know, that uh, sometimes uh, I think as South African football fans, we 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 live based on what happened in the past. Uh, if a team is Orlando Pirates, then we think it's just a given that they're going to win, you mm. know. Uh, if you are Kaiser Chiefs, then um, you're going to have a walk in the park uh, against anyone. But it, but football has evolved, man. Football doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah. And uh, I think when we analyze football, we just look at the names. And then we move on, you know, and we, we, we can do much, much better than that. Because if you look at Baroka going, um, you know, their road to the final, mm. uh, they had beaten Sundowns in the quarterfinals. They had beaten uh, Bidvers Vets uh, in the semifinals. And remember, Bidvers Vets were the defending champions. Yeah. So how then do you write them off in the final against Orlando Pirates uh, after they, 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 they went through uh, the other two teams, you know, so... People have to be a lot more careful in terms of how they analyze football. It was never going to be an easy game for Pirates. Yeah. Um, like many people, I thought Pirates were favorites. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, there are other factors that I, uh, that, uh, when we're doing our previews and so on and so on that we, we considered, uh, in terms of saying, Barocca are not just going to, to be lamb to the slaughter, so to speak. You know, yeah. so people have to be a lot more careful. I'm really glad that you touch on that because I'm going to uh, throw this next question to a man uh, who's sitting next to us here who uh, was adamant that there's only going to be one result in this game and uh, it was going to be Orlando Pirates winning, but I think it was 3-0 or 3-1. What, 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 what were you expecting? <laughs> I, said, I mean, let's let what were you expecting? I said 2-0. So, Gola went 2-0. Bukanya is always... And, and no. Danny, we, 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 what we did, uh, what we did do is, is also give and throw the, 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 you know, the little nuances of what has happened in the competition so far. As far as Barocca are concerned, we still threw that at Tola. He still was adamant that there's only one result that's going to come from this. So, uh, we've got the platform, <laughs> Mr. Magwaza. Well, there was one result until they decided to have a late, uh, Oscar uh, ceremony ooh, and hand ooh. the best actor what in uh, Victor Gomez in handing that uh, red card. I mean, the game was. Was that put, not a red card? That that was not a red card. No, that was not ah, a straight red card. So early into the that? game, the game was poised. Look, um, I, I thought that decision, you know, changed the momentum of the game because if you looked early into the game, Pirates were actually the dominant side. Right. They created the better chances, and you know they should have at least uh, nicked in a goal uh, in the early stages. You know, credit to Barocca, they actually played. They gave Pirates a bit of a game, but up until a bit of a game. Up until I was when I finished. Up until that red card, you know, uh, my hands were on the deck. That look, Pirates seemed like they had this, you know. And 
I think the red card changed the momentum of the game. But what it also strangely did, it actually also made Pirates play a bit better because they went a goal down, 10 men, and they realized that, listen, we actually have to chase the game. Yeah. And chase the game they did. And I thought Mitro maybe, you know, tactically was a bit naive and should have changed the shape of the team and sort of said, you know what, guys, let's rather um, conserve ourselves and not go all out. Because they, there were times where they were going all out on a fence and then Barroca kept catching them on the counter. But in saying that, guys, you know, uh, it's not like Barroca were playing lights out football. They got two goals from two mistakes. Mponjane that day, I, I'm not sure where his mind was, but... You know, he literally handed Barroca the, the, the title. And I know in the penalty shootout, he tried to redeem himself. And, you know, the, the finishing of our penalty takers was was really, really poor. I mean, for Lodge, who had uh, scored the equalizer, had the momentum, really should have at least kept his shot on target. <laughs> I, You know, I, I'm even not sure that they even had uh, designated penalty takers because you could just see in their faces, they, they just had this look about them that they were not sure yeah. that, you know, they were going to uh, bury away the penalties. And I think... You know, in a broader context for South African football, this is also rejuvenating. Uh, it breathes life into South African football as, um, uh, yes. you know, going forward. Because, I mean, you look at Spain, you look at England, go look at the last 10 FA Cup winners. Yeah, you'll find a Wigan that surprised, you know, then and there in the last yeah. 10 years. But you'll see Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal. Go look in La Liga uh, with the King's Cup, mm. you know what I mean, the Copa del Rey. Go look at in Italy. So now when you see Barroca winning and then there's Vitz in here, and, you know, it sort of shreds this uh, giant killer title of Barocco because they are now legitimate ball players now. Mm. You know, when you've beaten uh, Sundowns, Vitz and then Pirates, I think you, you're no longer a giant killer. You yeah. are yourself now, you know, maybe just underneath that giant. And to, to expand it even further, you know, you, you then ask yourself to uh, the SAFA uh, selectors when they pick the national team, Stuart Baxter, then, is that if Barocca has got some players in here that can produce a performance against the, the three big teams, three of the four or five big teams in the country, surely there's a player or two in there that might be considered for the national team. Mm. And I think we have to open that discussion because I cannot for the life of me think that it's over with Barroca. They've beaten Pirates yeah. and that's it. We're not going to hear from them until the end of the year. Maybe we need to start seeing, okay, can we start putting some of them into the national setup to build think, the brand yeah. Barroca and think, hopefully build I think, you know, I think, the smaller clubs I think as well. It's a, it's a perfect uh, you know, point that you bring up there. Maybe one that uh, you, Tiani, if you were to think you know, off the top of your head, were there one or two players that did really impress you throughout this whole uh, uh, Telkom Knockout tournament that maybe if you were part of that uh, Bafana setup, you, you'd think maybe they deserve a chance in, 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 in a squad, a larger squad, as it were. Yeah, you see, um, you know, uh, you're talking specifically on Barroca, right? Mm. You know, um, you know, they, they are a couple of players uh, that I feel are, are, are also stepping up, but don't forget that some of those players actually come uh, from uh, from Zimbabwe, you know, if you look yeah. at the goalkeeper Espezeze, yeah, he was brilliant. Uh, if you look at mm. one of their other best players, uh, Chawapiwa, uh, they're both from Zim. They, they they the trouble there is that if you check some of their best performers uh, in the past, maybe in this tournament, um, you realize that they they, they shouldn't even uh, we even we shouldn't even think about them in terms of the national setup. Mm. Uh, if you look at Tabiso Semenya, he's 36 at the moment, you know. Uh, at right back, he's one of the, 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 the best players around that guy. You know, he's always been consistent, but I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. But yeah. obviously, with, with regards to the national team, you can't be throwing in a 36 year old. You can't do anything with him, you know. Um, 
but there, there are one or two players that I feel deserves, uh, you know, some, uh, some, some consideration. Like, uh, like the captain, Duduzim Tanzani. I think yeah. he's about 23 now. Um, I think that boy is a very, very good player. He's one to look out for, uh, for the future. But uh, also, when you talk about the national team, uh, with regards to Baroka, it, it actually reminds us of uh, how we don't do things right in this country. For example, if you look at that defender at uh, the centre back, Vusi uh, Sibia, mm. uh, such quality. But he's 24 now, you know. Uh, where was he all along? Yeah. Uh, what What does that say about our scouting system? Uh, if you go back to the past as well, I can give you a couple more examples of players who broke through to the PSL at that age, specifically at that age. Um, you know, Tekumudise, by the time he actually played for the national team, he was 24. Mm. Um, and uh, that, 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 that's the time, around the time he came through to the PSL. If you look at Rene Lutzoronian as well, um, you know, uh, he, he was 24 when he broke through uh, to the PSL. What does that say about our scouting system? These players should be identified early. They mm. should be making the national team debuts at, at 18, 19, not when they are 24, 25, because when they do that, uh, by the time they're 24, 25, they're not going to give um, you what they were supposed to give you over a number of years, you know. Yeah. Uh, now, they just come through to the national team and they play for a few more years and then they're out, you know. I see people crying for other players as well, saying Jabu Maluleke from Polkwana City is so consistent. But Jabu is 36. Where was he all along? Uh, why t- didn't we t- give t- him his chance you. Uh, long ago? Can yeah. I ask a question? You say the Barocca, yeah. uh, the ragback is 36 years old. Now I'm thinking yeah. to myself, you know, in the in the context of uh, you know the greater Bafana, you know, two, five, six, seven, eight years down the the line, of course, yeah. he cannot feature. But there is an F corner around the corner. That's next year, and if he's mm. the best right back, whether he's 36, whether he's 42, should we just not be taking the best players, considering the short time that we have for F corner? Mm, because that, now that, we. That's that's a fair argument, and uh, uh, on any day I'll agree with you. You yeah. know what's the problem there? The problem there is that he's not just 36, but he's never played any any, uh, any international game at whatever level. Yeah. You can say under 17, under 20, under 23, and throw to the senior national team. Pele so had now you done throwing... the same, and then at 17 wins the World <laughs> Cup. Yeah, you're throwing in. So basically, you are throwing. In... How many players have, have, have done at 17 apart from Mbappe? How many have tried? That's the thing. How many have tried to entertain no, I, the idea? I, I think, I think we, I think, I think maybe what I can agree with Jenny is that as far as our football landscape is concerned, we, we, we aren't at a place where we can entrust 36 year olds who had never played, uh, international football, uh, you know, to, to go to a, a tournament like, he, like, here's Artis Aduriz with, uh, Spain. Yeah, how, right? many, how many caps did he get? No, he didn't get many caps. Exactly. But there, there was a call that, guys, this guy might be 36, 37. But That's he was, because he was in the top five. Spain, of Spain were going through an identity crisis. Spain were going through an identity crisis. Had they played him? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, we're going we're to move uh, Tiani to, to, to Orlando Pirates now. And uh, Imika, this is where I'd uh, also like you to join in. Uh, it's, it's been, I think I saw a stat somewhere. It's nine cup finals and they've lost eight, if I'm not mistaken, since 2013. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a, a damning stat for, for a club of Pirates' stature. I, I don't know if you, you say it's a damning, damning stuff. You have to get to the finals, first of all, before you can win it. So, okay, so get so, to the final nine uh, times you know, and only win one. I, I mean, the Netherlands have, gotten, have lost gone to the World Cup finals three times and they lost all three. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I think that, 
you know, nine uh, is a bit too much. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, <laughs> I can understand three, but nine in the in the big picture. If you look at Orlando Pirates history, they're yeah. very they're very um, old club, probably one of the oldest in the mm. league, um, and and also I mean overall. So if you look at at their overall history, it wouldn't matter. But if you take it from from you know the short period that you've taken it now, yeah. it looks kind of overwhelming. But you you must understand that Pirates have went through a serious slump, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you know they they, they finished uh, the season last yeah. last very well, and then they, they lost. But but so let's let's not let's if, not if if you if you put it if you put it in this context, uh, uh, Tiani, and I'd like you to jump in here as well. You go from double <laughs> triple, uh, uh, two seasons in a row, and then you go nine cup finals and win only one. Surely there there there's something that you know lies beneath all of that. It means you must fire your multi man. Tiani, <laughs> <laughs> are you really are you really propagating that theory? <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 on a serious note, I think uh, uh, especially in this uh, in this in this tournament, you know, mm-hmm. the Telkom knockout, uh, the League Cup. You know, even if you go back to uh, to 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 nineteen uh, uh, whatever, you know, the parents have have always had problems in this cup. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they seem to it it seems like it's not their cup. The only time they won it was uh, twenty eleven when they beat beat, uh, beat West Vets, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, over the years, they played Ajax Cape Town. They lost. They played, especially against teams that were expected to win. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it, w- w- was know, it they... not '95 when they lost it to Vitz? Maybe. Um, yes, yes, yes. Maybe you correct. guys, you're, you guys read too much into you're this. You're correct. When you're Paris or you are your Chiefs, the pressure on on you in this country is unbelievable. Right. So mm, you know, mm. getting to the finals. I mean, it's not enough. It can't be enough. It's can't, it can't be enough yet. But the point is that they they have so much pressure to to win. That so then, so then, what changes yeah. mentally? What changes uh, if you go if you win your quarterfinal, you win your semi final, and then you end the final as favorites? What stops you from winning, Tiani? What 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 is it that blocks you? Uh, you know, what is it that, that that is the difference between winning and becoming runner-up? Sorry, runners I, up let, let, eight she, times she, out of nine. Just, just, just one second. Here's yeah. my point. When you get to the finals, yeah, there's always that. You know, I mean, you you, you make it look like Paris haven't won anything. Paris won the league before they went into Africa. <laughs> so <laughs> you you make it look like well, the cup final is a very difficult uh, uh, kettle of fish. Mm. Somehow we don't know what Baroka. Um, had on them, you know. I did make make a joke about them being Baroka boost if they got past. Yeah. Guys. They just like on a on a roll. They team rolled everybody on the, on the way, and this was a, this was a moment for for them. And I think that even even overall in the finals, uh, he talked about about you know the red card and the sending off and all that. But I thought Baroka were always on top for the most part uh, of the game. Okay. So so and this goes back to my question then. If for for Baroka. They could get past Sundowns, get past Vets, and get past Pirates to win the title. Why is it that Pirates could get to the final and not win for an eighth time out of nine, Tiani? Yeah, you see, you see, is it Emeka who was making this point that uh, about pressure, right? Hmm. Yeah, the, the thing is, uh, I think it's, it's very right because, you know, you may find that they're under necessary pressure at that point, you know, especially when you look at uh, the finals specifically in this competition because yeah. like I said they, they've always faced teams that they were expected uh, to win against you know and uh, now you 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 find yourself in, in, in a position where 
the other team has nothing. The basic, basically, they have nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, even if Barocca lost, it, it, it was not going to be headline news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, from that point then, they play without any sort of pressure at all. You know, like if 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 it's all pressure, look at Marshall Monete for example, where he made that foul to to get the red, whether it was a red card or not. But look where he, he made that foul. Mm. It was halfway, um, you know, right uh, in the middle of the field, uh, where there was no danger for Paris to uh, to concede at all. You know, so maybe. Uh, you know they they have to work on that uh, pressure aspect. That as much as as much as we had the final, where a big team expected to to work over Barocca. Yeah. Uh, but then that puts that that puts you under so much pressure. They have to be very careful around that because, like I said, uh, s- some of the teams that they faced uh, in this uh, in the Telkom knockout final over the years have, have been teams that they were expected to win against. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, uh, it's 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 I guess uh, uh, the first really major setback for Orlando Pirates this season, uh, based on how they've played and how well they've played up till this point. So, uh, Paul, I'm going to come to you here. What what does it mean for Coach Mitchell this 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 defeat? Uh, a is it a they swiftly moved on uh, move on from it, or is it is it an idea of maybe how much work he still needs to do as well mentally with these players? Look, I think um, in a strange way, uh, they, they should take a lot of positives out of this because uh, they were down 10 men, 2-2, two, two, mm. two goalkeeping mistakes and um, three terrible penalties. So it's not like Pirates got to the final and forgot their boots at home. You yeah. know, they, they actually did play. So I think they have to look at it and say, look, there's a lot going uh, for us going forward. Uh, they're top of the log as things stand. Obviously, Sundowns still have games in hand. So there's still a lot for them to play for. So in Mitchell's case, there's a lot that he can actually look at and say, okay, look, guys, uh, we got to the final and lost. Uh, you know, maybe certain combinations didn't work that day. But it was all down to mistakes as to why... Mm. Pirates largely lost the final. I don't know if mm. Pirates had 11 men, if Mbonjane was more composed, you know what the game would have turned out. So it's not like there was something fundamentally wrong in, yeah. in the Mitchell setup in the players. Who was who so, was posting stuff about Mbonjane? Yeah, and, 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 somebody somebody was saying <laughs> saying Mbonjane on on that on that lineup. It's going to be a it's going to be but but in saying that right, in saying that I think uh, you know to answer your question more um, directly I think you, you've got to take confidence I mean you, you you've turned over your you, your first opponent in the um, in the Champions League so Pirates are still in good shape yeah it's we're here today because of two goalkeeping errors and a red card yeah. we're not here because Barocca won five nil and we're asking questions yeah. about Mitro the players and the setup you know so going forward i think you know there's still a lot to play for like i said top of the log and i think in Mitchell's case you know he, he has to say guys heads up you know my first final with the club we got my first cup outing uh, sorry second cup outing we get to the final and you know we lost by you know some silly mistakes there's a lot to play for so I don't think this is going to be any uh, damaging for them going forward. Not at all. Mm, can I please come in there? No, go you know, with 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 regards to pirates and the and the way forward, uh, I, I I do agree with Kuala there. But you know, you know, the other point is that pirates have to ask ask themselves serious questions about their defense if they are to move forward. Because just looking at the numbers themselves, it doesn't make for good reading because. They've played 21 matches in all competitions. They've considered in 16 of those matches, mm. you know. So they have to really ask themselves serious questions. Why are they considering in so many matches uh, to be where they are? If it's a goalkeeping error, it means they are the, 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 the number one 
uh, position is not settled at the moment. If it's not a goalkeeping error in maybe, say, in another match, then it means that defense itself is not settled at the moment. You can't be considering 16 goals um, um, in, in 21 games. It shows that there's a big problem. Okay, and, and I think you, you, bring, you bring up a very good point because that, that, that issue of number one is still hasn't quite settled at Pirates, has it? Who is the number yeah. one? Who is the number one? I, I can't answer that right now if, if you were to ask me. It's definitely not Gwen Sanderson, and I'll tell you that. <laughs> we know that much. We know that much. <laughs> but Jackson or, 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 or Bonjani, or is it Brilliant who is still you know, on the mend as well? You see, the thing is, um, <laughs> with the goalkeepers, to be completely honest with you, is that... That's the problem when you also sign too many players and you can see when you sign too many goalkeepers. Is mm. that the competition is not exactly direct, yeah. right? If Mponchane knew it's me and Jackson, right? It's a different outcome altogether. Mm. So now when there's three, four of you, you're all in limbo. You don't know who's going to start this week, who's yeah. going to start next week. So I think, you know, having four or three, I mean, four, outside Sunderland, four goalkeepers, yeah. Three or four of them have played national team yeah. at some point. All of you them, know what I mean? Actually. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So you don't need that many. Keep it at three at maximum or keep it at two and then have the guy from, you know, the lower uh, um, sort of like uh, ranks in the teams, or, you know, in, uh, not NFD, the um, MDC. Uh, MDC or under 19 or something up there. As mm, but I agree with that. Direct. Well, I mean, at the moment, they've got Sandilands playing MDC. So <laughs> it's quite uh, a lot is happening there uh, with the goalkeeping department at Pirates. But uh, across Soweto, uh, Kaza Chiefs have made uh, a fair bit of uh, headlines uh, over the past couple of days. And I saw a tweet here anyway. Someone was saying they didn't even give us time to celebrate the firing of Solinas. And now we have to <laughs> contend with Middendorp once again. Your thoughts on, on that whole move from Chiefs? I find it quite strange, to be honest. Yeah, no, very, very strange. Because, you know, you, 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 you're getting rid of a guy who everyone wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, yet you bring in someone who everyone doesn't want to, 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 to see in Naturena, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's a bit of a problem because I was even checking his stats, uh, uh, NS Medendor from his first uh, spell at the club uh, between uh, 2005 and 2007. Uh, back then, he, uh, under him, they played 68 official matches and they, they won 31. That's not even 50% yeah, uh, ratio, you know. And they drew uh, 21 matches, you know. That's, that's is, why. They, isn't they that where the whole middle draw uh, thing came from? You know? Eh? Yeah, that's where the nickname came from. <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though the man won the Absa Cup against Pirates and he won the MTN8 against Super Sport United, yeah. but the thing is, at this, at, at Chiefs, it's not just even about the the, the, the uh, winning trophies. It's also about the football that you play. Mm. Uh, it must be good to the eye as well, and uh, that's unfortunately something that uh, they didn't experience uh, during his first stint uh, at the club. Yeah. I just hope he's changed a bit in terms of his negative tactics because uh, if you play like that, even if you're winning, Chiefs fans are not going to be happy. So he has to find a balance. And he says he's learned a lot, um, you know, since he's been in South Africa all along. Uh, so hopefully at uh, this time around, things are going to be different and everyone is going to be... Where has he learned, though? Where, where, where? You, you know, if, <laughs> if he coached Sundowns and then coached Pirates, you know, out, very... and, or maybe and then coached Super Sport or something, I'd say, okay, yeah, he's learned. I mean, yeah. this guy is a... No, 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 the, you know the, what my problem is with, I, with guys like Ernst Middendorf, Tiani? I'll tell you my problem. Yeah. Is that, you know, essentially, we are giving, we're rotating uh, substandard, right? We're recycling substandard. Ernst yes. Middendorf bounces off Maritzburg, Bloemfontein, here, here, here. 
and I'm looking at mm. Coach Rulani at Pirates, who is waiting for you know an opportunity. Mm. I look at Mangoba Ngiti at Sundowns, who we all know what he did with Golden Arrows, and guys like that are still assistants. Mm. But Ernst Middendorf, you, you, know, you, know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, I agree with you to hundred percent. You know, if you check clubs that are actually getting away from the, this recycling of coaches, they actually. Um, you know, going to do very well. Like, mm. if you look at uh, Cape Town City, for example, they said, no, listen, we, 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 we've seen it all, you know. We've seen the other uh, guys go around and so on and so on, being recycled and so on and so on. Let's try someone new. They tried Benny McCarthy and he's still there at the club. And yeah. for me, they're making good progress under him. So other clubs as well, they have to consider that we don't have to go around the same coach. We have to give others a chance. They must be brave enough uh, to give uh, other coaches a chance. This thing of recycling coaches will never work. You and, know? and my, my uh, bigger problem with that, before I, I hand over to Amika, my bigger problem with that is it's who we're recycling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And when yeah. I look at Ernst Middendorp, and I, I just think, you know, the guy didn't really make moves in the PSL. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yes. He wasn't a root mm. crawl, for example, yeah. right? So if root crawl was being recycled in the PSL, I would understand that. I would say, well, his resume speaks for itself. But this is mm. Ernst Middendorp, who even at the teams that he took over long after he left Chiefs. He did not make them a better team. Mm. So for me, Ernst Middendorp, to be quite honest with you, I think he's eating taxpayers' money, quite frankly, with all these settlements that he keeps getting. From but being no, I, I, don't, I don't agree. I think you, sometimes, especially when, when a team is in crisis, you need a coach who knows the lay of the land. And, and I the, think that, the coach that takes his other teams into crisis to come well, into other crisis. <laughs> well, look, um, Ernst Middendorp, uh, you know, has been at Chiefs before. And sometimes, you know, you, you are a coach. It's just like Mitchell. Mitchell was at Pirates. Um, he did very well. And the coaches have circles. So sometimes you have uh, your ups and downs. And then eventually you leave and come back maybe a lot more, more um, you know, how would I put it? A lot more prepared. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think with him, it was probably a much better choice than if they had gone, gone and brought back Vivi or <laughs> some, of, some of those other coaches that have been there. But as Middendorp has been around the league, um, long, and done long what, enough. Amika? And well, done what? look, um, you can say... Is he, is he, okay, is he an upgrade from Solinas? That's, that's, here's a question. Is he an upgrade? Uh, I, for me, I think, I think he knows the league a lot better. Solinas, you know, obviously had a few issues with his understanding of what was required in the league. Yeah. And you, you recall that week in, week out, I kept saying, you know, you don't play in the PSL with a different, different defense every week. Mm. You know, you need, you need a more central defense because... They, they have to know how to cope with these players. The players, one thing I can tell you about the PSL is that you're going to come up with, with players who are, you know, you might call it Razzmatazz or whatever, but they're going to dazzle you. Mm. And if you're not organized, then, you know, you're going to suffer. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I mean, I think uh, I, as a Chiefs fan, as a Chiefs fan, this is, what, this is my thinking. I'm not sure that, you know, uh, in the position that we, we find ourselves in, I'm not sure if Middendorf is a guy to take us forward, doesn't take the next step forward no, maybe, to maybe, recovery. Maybe he is a stopgap. It's many, possible. See, no, no, it's, it's possible yeah. because the thing with, the thing with Chiefs... It's still so early The, the thing with Chiefs is that the they left still Steve Kumbela there early. for, for yeah. too long. Yeah. And, you know, you, I mean, you can you can say maybe they, they felt they wanted to, to keep faith with, with, with him. Um, what I like is that, you know, they brought in Ernst and they brought in Sean. Yeah, I, I I believe that you know if if you have a situation where and you know sometimes maybe it's not too good to actually say to the coach that is there, but mm. we've seen in the past where you know you have this sort of transition where along the line 
maybe Sean becomes the, the, the coach. We've seen Benny McCarthy achieve a lot there. I, I am a firm believer that you know what what we need, not just in South Africa but also across Africa, is we need to bring back a lot of those young coaches who are also players who have a lot of experience from Europe. Yeah. You know, you see with Pizzo, Pizzo struggled a bit when he was at Bafana. He came back a lot better. So you know, we've, we've had Pizzo, we've we've, we've had. Um, uh, Benny now, and then we also had uh, Eric Tinkler. Mm. So you you need to What's have in Urenda, right? Yeah, I mean Urenda. I'm, 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 I'm glad you mentioned Eric Tinkler yeah. because uh, Tiani, I the minute the, the day he he was removed from or he left Chipper, I thought to myself, Chiefs can 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 he could actually, yeah, he could, he especially could with with yeah. the CAF Confederation Cup and all that stuff. You know, he he would cert- he for me would certainly have been an upgrade from Solinas, and he's not a, a, a bad coach. For Chiefs to actually employ. He's a good coach. He's done. Your well. thoughts on that? Tiani? So? Yeah, yeah. I, we're just touching on, 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 on Tinkler, and maybe, you know, I, I, as a Chiefs fan, I would have thought to myself, I would have been very happy had Chiefs actually hired him. Oh, to have someone like Tinkler? Yeah. Now, yeah. You know, for me, I'll take him ahead of Madden Dog. <laughs> Any day. Every day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just. I just don't think Merendop is good for SA football, with all due respect to him, you know? Just in general. Um, yeah, just yeah. in general. Uh, even dealing with the media, it's, mm. uh, it's just a nightmare, you see. Um, you know, so Mor- Mourinho is a nightmare that... as well. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and you can see the results. Of, you know, my problem with this, Tiani, in fact, guys, yeah. you know, this is a, a lazy appointment from Kaiser Chiefs because... Kaiser Chiefs did not know overnight that they wanted to get rid of Salinas. They knew for some time. Yeah. So that means yeah. they had time to prepare and check the landscape. Well, we, they we, had we, time. Are, we, we accused them right. um, of, of the exact same thing at the end of the season when 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 uh, uh, Compella okay. left yeah. and they took so long and then eventually but they went to Salinas. That, that's fine. But, now, right? but they still didn't you know, get who it, they wanted because they did say at the, end, <laughs> at the beginning of the season that Salinas was not their first choice. <laughs> so my point you is... Know, you think- you know where you're taking me back to? Uh-huh. Uh, to a tweet I saw as well that the uh, Kansas Chiefs have not had a coach since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you know, you know, you know, you know. For me, when I look at it, I, I laughed about it because then you're you're telling me that the Compera was not a coach, uh, Solinas was not a coach, and now Merendop is not a coach. You know what I mean? Mm. But uh, it it makes for a good laugh, you know. But uh, at the end of the day. It takes me to an even more serious matter, and that's what we're discussing now in terms of the the time to actually look for someone else. You know, but if you go back uh, to uh, before the beginning of the season, even when they hired Solinas, he was more like your your your, your sort of uh, a cheap option in a way yes. because the other the other big fish that they were looking for, they couldn't get they couldn't get them because. Uh, it seems like those other guys are, are more expensive, like your Patrice Cataran, uh, like your Avram Grant, mm-hmm. all those coaches that were linked with Chiefs, and we, we, we know uh, some of them actually. Yeah, but, but Tian, at the same time, you yeah. can't go to a restaurant expecting salmon to be the same price as fish, you know, as regular <laughs> fish. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, Chiefs, exactly. that, that's what I'm but, saying but, to me. This... But, but that's what I've said. That, that's what I've said all along. That mm. For a, chief, a team of Chiefs caliber, exactly. you need a coach. Like a Patrice Cataron, a, yes. a coach who's won the Champions League with Tipi Mazembe, yeah. a coach who came close to winning the Champions League with Alakli, a coach with a pedig with with some pedigree, a coach with a track record, Absolutely. not just someone like you know. You know, people thought I was hating on Solinas. I was not hating on Solinas, but when I looked at his record, it even was when poor. He was at the, poor. 
it, yeah. Even when he was in Algeria with one of the big teams there, he couldn't do anything. He mm. couldn't win anything. What makes you uh, think that he's going to win anything? It reminds me of Afana. <laughs> we brought jo- uh, jo- Joel Santana. Joel Santana, hey, when we yeah. brought him to take over from uh, Carlos Alberto Pereira. The man had not coached the national team in 30 years of coaching, man. The man had coached about 30, uh, 29, 30 teams in that period, <laughs> and none of them was a national team, and yet you are still good enough for Bafana Bafana. It, it just tells me that people who hire coaches at these clubs, people who hire coaches at national team level, they don't do much thinking. It's about filling up a position. I, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible dawn. It's a terrible sort of future to think about as a Chiefs fan as well. Because, I'd, again, I agree with you 100%. I don't think Middendorp is going to do anything for Chiefs, which means by the time the season ends, we might have fired two coaches at Kaiser Chiefs. But no, no, they, no, they will. <laughs> they will. Hear me out here. Right? Hear me out here. Ernst Middendorp is not going to stay his entire tenure at Kaiser at, Chiefs. At, at, his last three clubs... I mean, at Chipa United, it didn't mm. even last until Valentine's no, but Day. So, but we know, but we know, we know, we know Chipa's record. Chipa, oh, no Chipa is not a good example. Chipa <laughs> United, I, I think they, for, for them, every time a coach is up, appointed, even if you bring in um, Pep Guardiola yeah. at Chipa, he's going to be fired. What I do hope is that, is that Middendorp is not going to keep up his track record of quitting live on air. Uh, I, well, we don't want any I, any of that drama you know, as well. I, for me, I I want us to to give Ernst the benefit of the doubt. For what? Let's Amica. let's watch let's watch the next couple of games that uh. Chiefs will play. You know, I I listen to him, and you know, do you have a business find, with Ernst Middendorf? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> do you? Do your kids go to the same school? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I I listen to him, and you know, I find some of the things that he's saying, uh, you know, they, they sound like. Like oh, he knows what he's saying. Oh wow! So I, you know, with coaches, I always like to say, let's give them a couple of games to to make. To I mean, then yeah. we can judge them because he might just mm. he might just turn things around. Because for let's me, hope, let's for hope. me, I was yeah, I was hope. worried about his appointment until I heard that that uh, Sean Bartlett Sean had been yeah. had been brought brought on board. So. I do. I do. Wanna, I do want to get uh, your view on that on that appointment as well, Tiani. Sean Bartlett coming in as well as assistant coach. Yeah, with 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 Sean, you know, yeah, I I hear you know about giving these guys a, a chance. Um, let's just say uh, when we we have this discussion again, let's just say, uh, don't say we didn't warn you. <laughs> you know what my you know but, what my issue is with the with the Sean part yeah, of the appointment, right? Yeah, but anyway, with with Sean coming through as well. Uh, people are, people have a lot to say as well. You know, mm. people say he was the man who relegated the uh, University of Pretoria and so on and so on. You know, um, but um, you know, I think he's a decent coach. You know, someone maybe if if he's an, if he's as influential as uh, Rolando Mukwena is at Orlando Paris mm. an assistant coach, uh, maybe we may just see a, a different uh, a, a chief side. You know, a team that. Yeah, uh, that's talking about, about uh, Olani, uh, I think we we also sometimes yeah. need 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 to look at some of the debates over the the last couple of weeks about who who was <laughs> coaching pirates. Coaching, coaching <laughs> <And then> I, <laughs> saw, I saw some really funny funny reactions after the weekend when pirates <laughs> lost. <laughs> and there was actually one of of Piso asking someone, oh, yeah. you know, who was coaching. I mean, this was really really hilarious how how people actually look at the roles of coaches and their assistants in this country. Mm. <laughs> Well, in, in ending the, the, the local segment of the show, we have to touch on 
uh, some breaking news. I, I don't know if it's breaking, but uh, I guess emerging news of uh, Kamidi Rasmus and maybe his second coming back home to South African football. Uh, firstly, uh, do you see that happening, Tiani? Secondly, uh, who do, who do you think at this present stage, which of the which of the maybe top five teams would you would you feel need his services the most? Yeah, no, I definitely see it happening. Apparently, um, you know, uh, Victoria Setubal have actually given him a. Uh, uh, permission to, to, to speak to, uh, South African clubs. Mm. Uh, so we just have to wait and see, but it looks like, uh, Cape Town City are winning that race. You know, if you check that team, uh, they are really, uh, uh making waves in terms of, uh, you know, signing players. It seems yeah. like they, uh, they really want to compete. They just don't want to add to the numbers in the league, you know, uh, which, which is good to see because, uh, like you were mentioning earlier, it's good that we, we have uh, a, a teams not being dominated by the, the, the so-called big three. Yeah. Um, you know, it's good for football that, uh, um, you know, any team can actually dominate, uh, provided they're doing the right thing, signing the right players, having the right coach, and, and all those kind of things, which is good for South African football. You don't want a situation where uh, it's Spain, it's Barcelona exchanging position one with Real Madrid. That's not good for, for their football, I mm. think, you know. So when I see Cape Town City... Uh, signing these players and now with Kemet Rasmus apparently they're leading the race to sign him I feel it's good for South African football I see it happening uh, I think uh, 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 Kemet Rasmus is, is, is a bit of uh, what what's that word nomadic or you know what they call it yeah, nomadic uh, player nomad, you yeah. know, always on the move and stuff like that uh, it seems like he throws he himself what, in what, any challenge uh, whenever he feels like it you know so I see it happening definitely without mm-hmm. a doubt I think also, you know, you've got um, this, if Kermit comes back, it it's fits into this theory that South African players uh, don't have the, you know, in Nigeria we say you don't have the lever when you when you run away from a fight. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they don't have the lever to, to stick it out in Europe and, and try and, you know, compete. Because it's almost like every every time they seem to be struggling, they immediately look for uh, like an easy way back and then they want to go sign for one of the big clubs uh, back home. But having said that, I think that, um, you know, having him back in the league and maybe if he's playing for, for Cape Town City, um, it's, it's only going to be beneficial to the league because we're, we're going to see um, them being a bit more more competitive. Kermit is, is a player who left South Africa at a very young age, went to Feyenoord, and then from there he's been nomadic, like you said. And, and nomadic also comes with a lot of experience. So, um, he's going to be bringing something, something back to... I mean, he came back and played for Pirates. So it's not as if, you know, he he, he hasn't done it. So maybe he'll he'll probably um, give it a, a year or two. And at 28, yeah. at 28 he's still got some some, some mileage on him as Although well. A lot. I mean, yeah. He, could, yeah. he could do another... Uh, five seasons, six, six, or, six yeah. or seven seasons. In the PSL, he could do another ten, right? <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's a bad move on Kermit's part. Guys, look, to be fair though, Amik, I think you're being a bit harsh on him because Kermit at least, you know, tried to stand the test of time uh, in Europe. I don't think he's coming back by his own accord. Yeah. I think he really gave it a go. He gambled on his talent, which is what you want to see from, you know, when he was young, when he moved, and it just didn't work out. And it, it just happens. I, I don't want him to be, you know, the poster boy for, oh, another guy that left and now he's coming back mm. because he either can't handle it there or couldn't deal with the competition. The guy really tried and it just didn't work out. So for him coming back, it's a big plus. Also, a big plus is, I mean, 
You know, we always have midfielders and defenders that leave uh, the, the country and come back. It's going to be interesting to see a striker that's gone there and come back because we always talk about the no, coaching. A lot, of, a lot of them came back. No, no, no. A I lot know, of strikers but, have but, come back. No, but what I'm saying is that it's going to be interesting to see a striker like Kermit come back because we don't have that sort of a dynamic striker like Kermit in our country playing today. But we, right? we, we saw so, a bit of that when he did come back and play for Pirates. Exactly. He had a, a solid he, impact. He had a solid impact. So yeah. now I, I just want to see... What's, what's the best striker at, at, at Pirates who took off his shirt and walked out of the... <laughs> no, no, no. Kabuza plays Champions League qualifiers. So I think for me, for Kermit, it's good that he's come back. And I just want to see... You know, uh, going forward in terms of him just as a striker, because we're having problems with strikers in our country, right? And uh, I mean, we, we're relying on uh, Lebu Mutiba, mm. you know, at Bafana Bafana. And I think I would like to see, you know, someone like Kermit just also challenge for that place uh, up front uh, in, in that department. And also, maybe if he could come back to a team, I want him to come back to a team that actually needs goals, because. Mm. I kind of feel Cape Town City are now bloated now. They're just signing players left, right, and center. But they do need goals. It's, I mean, Spelelem Temple is... Show me one team in, in the PSL that doesn't need goals. There's, well, there's a team at the top of the log that actually could do with a, a Kermit Erasmus. I'm just saying. No, no, we're quite all right. I'm just saying. I think you might have, you might have seen Pirates lose the, the, the Tokyo Knockout final and decided, nope, I'm okay. <laughs> but uh, that is a wrap of, of uh, the... Uh, the local African uh, part of the show and I would like to take the opportunity to thank uh, Tiani as well for joining us thank you so much man and we really do appreciate your insights and uh, we'll be keeping a close eye on if uh, Kermit does indeed join uh, Cape Town City um, look I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't say no to him joining Chiefs as well to be quite fair mm. <laughs> No, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, it Tiani. We appreciate Tiani, thanks a lot. It's, it's, it's great to be um, on the show with you. So we're all part of the kickoff alum, alumni. Oh. Is <laughs> <it>? <laughs> you know, it's, it's always Emika who's dropping these these uh, these these bombs on us, you know, like, you know, just like name flexing. Dropping. He's just, always he's just name flexing. But I'm not dropping flexing. names. Always De- name Desiree, dropping. Desiree Ellis used to used to walk one floor ahead of me in Cape Town. So, nobody spoke about this. And then he's going to so tell you he just, ate at the same restaurant that Cristiano Ronaldo ate. You know, when, when you <laughs> hang out with legends, you, you become, you Why become are, a legend. Are you a legend yourself? <laughs> Look, I'm not a legend, but when you hang out with legends, what you become are you? become one. <laughs> you become one. <laughs> thank you so Tiani much. Tiani is man. a legend, actually. <laughs> no, thank you very much, guys. All right, thanks. Uh, we're going to take a so, bit of a short break. When you come back, have a look at what European football is uh, currently offering. So Barcelona in action. We saw Messi doing what he does best. And as Amika will want us uh, to touch on and will remind us, there's a new team atop the Premier League standings. We'll be back. Pitch Invasion is the podcast for football tribalists. To contribute to the show, pose a topic of debate, or just complain about your favorite team, Send us a WhatsApp voice note on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven, or send us a text message starting with hashtag Pitch Invasion. Remember to also follow the Pitch Invasion podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Pitch Invaded.